Hello. Good morning, Merlin. Good afternoon, Dan. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah. You doing good? Yes. Mm. You don't sound so good. I don't. No, you all right? I'm great. Did you eat? I just ate. I got a, uh, uh, I got an RX bar right here. Excellent. Yep. They're good. Yep. A lot. We've had a lot of feedback about the RX bar. We get a lot of lot of feedback about many, many things. Mm-hmm. And one of them was that people seem to like the RX bar. Now, here's what's confusing to me. Mm. <clears throat> I'm no scientist. But it sounds like uh, were people having trouble ordering it from the site because it was out of stock or something? There, I saw that uh, one person was in Canada and they didn't mm. ship to Canada, but they gave them another retailer that did. And then I saw some other people were upset that the the my favorite one, which is the Apple, the Apple cinnamon one. Yeah, apparently that was out of stock. Maybe that's a we we tried to seek that out for my daughter. It's oh, a it's a kids bar. So good. Yeah, I haven't been able to put my hand to one yet, but the uh, the uh, the chocolate sea salt's pretty good. They're not paying for this. I mean, they're kind of paying for this. But they paid for it before. But uh, yeah, these are good. These are good go to. I try to make myself eat one every morning. They're very substantial. They fill you. Like, you know, you know, they you, know fill you up. You know you've well. You know you've eaten a bar when you're done. You do, and it's true. Mm-hmm. I had feedback from one person that said, "No wonder they're so good. Look at the twelve grams of sugar or eight grams of sugar or whatever." And I said, "Listen, it's all natural ingredients. You're talking about you're talking about dates. You're talking about natural fruit. Yeah, you know what? Go eat an apple. That's uh, that's got a lot of uh, sugar in it, but it's not sugar. It's different when you have added sugar when you're dealing with actual sugar." Than when you are, uh, than when you are having sugar that's naturally occurring in in something, and sugar is. Uh, is that response does not. I mean, I have to tell you, maybe I'm just getting old, but uh, I mean, I know I'm getting old. There's no question about that. But like, that you're does not, not draw. You're not so old, Merlin. Thank you. That does not draw that much effective water. No, for me, no. title. Um, <laughs> and 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 I'll tell you why. Because you know what? Don't get it. Like, if you want something that has no sugar. You could go and get something that has no sugar. Yeah. But, you know, you have to like, on the other hand, like is drinking all of the Diet Coke a good thing? Oh, no, because that's got the cancer pertain in it. But like, but like we, we discovered this one, uh, you go to the sports, uh, sports basement. They didn't pay for this. And my family discovered this thing called um, Viga Mecca Chocolate. And this stuff is good. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I bought a whole, we bought a whole like, crate of these. <laughs> they are, it's 1.4 ounce dark chocolate bar. And it's got, it's got nine grams of sugar in it, which is so baller. It's really, really good. It's got that, like, I don't know if you're much of a chocolate person, but I'm not that much of a chocolate person. Uh-huh. But when you bite into like a good dark chocolate, it's like a, it's a taste sensation. It's like a little mouth buffet. Nice. There's so many aspects. It's sweet. It's round. It's got like a feeling to it. You, you know, and so you eat one of these bars and like, you know, you've eaten some goddamn chocolate. Now look at right over here. See this? This is my, this is a Dr. Pepper. Now, now I enjoy me a Dr. Pepper. I drink these little cans, these little old man cans. Those little seven point five. Oh yeah, sure. I love those. Sometimes I'll mix. I'll mix a twelve ounce with a seven point five. My daughter chides me because she says it has too much sugar. But like, okay, so this uh, this seven point five, and I'm not I'm not a ridiculously anti sugar person. I do try to avoid it added sugar, where it's not something that brings me great joy. But I'm not a partisan about it. Right. But you know, you got to put this dingus on the front of every can that says how many calories. This 
7.5 Aussies of this, you get uh, 90 calories in that. And it's 24 grams of sugar. Now, I, I, you can't see this, but I look like Andre the Giant with this thing in my hand. It's real tiny. And that's, so, you know, don't have so many of those. But uh, I'm just saying, I'll tell you why it doesn't draw effective water for me. It's because there are always options for other things. But we can have all of the things. It's like Giles Martin said. It's like the great Giles Martin said in discussing the remix of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Hmm. And Bob, Bob Boylan says to him, he says, he says, are people mad? Like, why are people mad at you for doing this? Like, who, who would have the temerity to go in and remix a Beatles album? And he was really gracious about it. He's like, well, you know, for one, my dad did it. Like, and like, we tried really hard to make it what we think the band wanted. We talked with Ringo and Paul. And, but he's also said something, words to the effect of, and also we didn't delete the other ones. Right. It's not like you can't find the mono, old mono. It's not like you can't find the old stereo. This is a new mix of this that you could choose to listen to or not. But like, don't let your day be ruined by the existence of something new. What a dark pattern that is. Yeah, wow. I totally agree with you. And I'll tell you what else. I don't understand why people feel like, you know, if, if you don't like something, what I do generally, I mean, unless it's on this show, mm-hmm. I just go the other way then. Okay, well, I didn't like that. I'm just not going to, I'm not going to get that one. Like you're saying, you know, I'm not going to get it. Other people might want it. Other people might not care. You know, the idea that people, to me, drink soft drinks at all, that's not something I would do. Am I on here, you know, telling people, oh my God, I can't believe Merlin drinks a doctor. Pe-. No, I don't well, care. I, have, I don't care what you do. Like you, can, you can have a preference. Do whatever you, you want to do. Have a strong preference. Have a strong feeling. Be a partisan. But check yourself before you wreck yourself. Because the thing is, <laughs> new stuff's coming out all the time. Like, are you going to, are you just like, are you just like the Lord God general of like what's allowed to exist because it's the thing that you found some kind of a logical flaw with? Exactly. Yes. Amen. I say that, you know, I'm yelling at me when I do that because I do, I do that same thing. But well, we uh, all do we all do terrible things from time to time. Well, did you see uh, Damon Lindelof? Speaking of which, Damon Lindelof's going to take a crack at Watchmen. See that? I heard about that, and that's I going think, to be it, a TV show, which it should be. I would love to watch that, and I'll tell you what I take issue with is when I saw that article, they were using a still from the movie to promote the article that's talking about a TV show coming out. I felt like yeah. that was a, because that made me think that it's uh, the movie, but it's not. Oh, and see, but I like the movie. I love the I movie. I like the comic. I like, I like the movie a lot. I was on the, uh, I'll find this. I was on uh, my friend Anthony's podcast on Justin Maligned. I did a terrible job of defending that movie because it's, again, I still need this word. I need the word for pieces of media, media that you just got to let me have. Let, let me just have the Watchmen movie. I know you don't like it. I know the ending is wrong. I know, I know Adrian's accent is kind of strange and changes a lot. I know all those things. But it's really good. Damon Lindelof, excuse me, I have to... Bah, bah. Sometimes I belch a little bit like Hank Hill. Bah. Oh. <clears throat> um, anyway, I, I, you know what? I did not mean to start this on a negative note. No, it's not. You're not. It's, it's, I need to hear this too, though. It's, it's important not, not to poo or poo-poo on other people's stuff. You know, that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, there's enough be, to be happy about. Yeah. There's enough to be complimentary about. You can just let the, the dark things go. Oh God. Sing it sister. <laughs> Here, here's, here's another thing is that, uh, you could also just not have an opinion. 
there's something very sexy about not having an opinion. It feels it feels like loss to some people to not have a hot take on something. I'm just here to tell you, I'm a 50 year old man. It's okay to not have an opinion about something. And you know what? It, it's okay not to have an opinion about a food bar. You'll be fine. Yeah. You know, my, you know, my you, wife gets very uh, upset if I don't have an opinion about something. She wants me to. It doesn't matter what it is. Well, what if we put the flower pot over here? Well, that's fine. Well, you don't, you yeah. think it'd be better here or over there? I don't care. Yeah. I don't even care. Return, I don't even turn. No. Yeah, like, I, 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 I don't have, even care that we have a flower pot. Yeah. Yeah. See, now for me, that's tough with me in sports because I have, uh, and I've gotten, I've gotten lots of probably understandable grief about this is that, you know, for me, like I always say, it's not that I'm against sports. It's sports culture that I find really exhausting, but I have tried really hard not to make a big deal about it right. because who cares? Right. You know, why do you want to take away from some, someone else likes it? You don't have to take away from there. Well, it is a little bit suffocating to those of us who don't. It pushes out other things. And that's, you know, that's uh, when, you know, when there is that big um, thing that happens in, in Europe with um, people playing soccer. It's called the, the Eurovision. No, that's not it. Mm. Here it is. World, World Cup. Cup. Yes. Like that to me, there's nothing. I don't register soccer. It, if, if I was going to register it, um, I mean, the fact that they call it the wrong thing over there only pushes it down even lower for me. Mm. But most living human beings seem to really get excited about the World Cup. Certainly all of the people in uh, the continent of Europe and beyond, pretty much everywhere except here, I think. It's a real metric system type situation. Yeah, everyone else except us loves it, and a lot of us love it. And and I understand what you mean when I you say it takes over, it, it pushes other things away. It really does. But I know that I get, uh, you know, sixteen plus weeks of really great football during which I know that pushes things away. When I used to do the show with Andy Anaco, one of the things he was always frustrated about was you know on on Sunday nights that football would always push away. Uh, other shows that he might want to watch. And I think he used to say that he used to, I think I've heard that uh, Futurama's failure to be a tremendously successful show like F Simpsons or something mm -hmm. was because it was on Sunday nights and it was <sighs> frequently being offset by an extended football games. Oh, interesting. It's like in, uh, it's like in the late shift. Yeah, when Ronald Reagan's given the speech. I watched that's, it last night. I that's right. Last yes, night. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And then Kathy, Kathy Bates is that her name? Yes. She gets all mad, and uh, and then she sends home the audience. Right. And then uh, and then Bob Balaban. He's he's real mad about that. Well, that's a weird movie. But it's, it's a really weird good. movie, but it's I'll, good. It's good. It's um, you know, but it's like that, and I understand why, especially when people are talking about the one thing I don't understand is when when people and here's my here's my frustration since we're let it out man out. let it we're out airing them out when when people i think of twitter as something that is sort of you know like i feel like a mm. tweet should be able to stand on its own mm. speak for itself spe or you know a, a short chain of tweets if i were to pick one of your tweets mm -hmm. and you you do this most of the time that tweet yeah, is ep it's epic and it's going to mm -hmm. stand on its own. You could read that tweet. You don't need context. You, you can put it on a monument. It'll still make sense. Why not? Mm -hmm. Time capsule. You know, mm -hmm. dig it up in a hundred years. You'll still yep. know what you Still was delicious. Mm -hmm. But 
when people tweet about something that's happening right then without any context, like, for example, OMG, that score. Yeah. No, nah, that drives you crazy. That in particular, that makes you're me... One of those, you're one of those, what movie is this from guy? Throw the phone now. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. If you're responding to something, somebody says something, you respond to them. That's fine. But like when someone like reacts to it, like the news, I can't believe what's going on on stage right now. Uh, emoji. But that's not how an inside joke works. Like I post a lot of Parks and Recs GIFs. Like that's a thing that I do. Mm-hmm. It will always probably be a thing I do. Yeah. Here's what I'm not going to do. <clears throat> <laughs> Parks and Recreation was an NBC television program that was on for several years. I think it is very funny. The context for this is that Chris Traeger is a slightly neurotic person who exercises a lot. He's doing lunges in this to celebrate. And then, of course, people would be like, well, why is he doing lunges? I was like, well, you know what? Go watch the show. Watch the program is how I feel about that. Yeah, that's the problem with an inside joke. The, the, uh, as long as we're airing, can I, can I air this out? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So for me, this comes together in the back of a cab where... Uh, all of these things collapse on me in a pile and I have no idea how to respond. Mm. Where somebody, where I get in and the driver person for some reason feels the need to talk, oh. says something like, uh, how about that game? <clears throat> uh, and I can't just say I return no because he's probably a pro programmer and can tell me that's not, I'm not really saying what I think I'm saying. Right. So instead, I got to go, oh, is that the Golden State Warriors basketball team? And they're like, hey, hey, Warriors, am I right? And I'm like, yes, you are right about the basketball team. I, I have to tell you, I uh, don't really follow sports. And then I'll try, I'll try, to, I'll try to like make, good, make, make nice with them because I don't want to sound like a savage. And I'll be like, I, I understand that they're a very good basketball team and that they uh, are doing – and uh, you got, uh, the, you got the one guy, well, the, the, the Curry guy who's real good at basketball. So like now it's it's on me to understand I'm paying for this ride and it's on me to understand <laughs> sports ball and talk about it because that's what this guy decided to bring up. You know? He he's not going to bring up drag and drop on iPad. That's not going to happen. Mm. Anyway, uh, Dan, this one's got to be bright and tight. So tell me about something you like. I would like to tell you about SendPro. Have I told you about SendPro before? I feel like you've told me about SendPro and I love it, but I would like for you to uh, dub it down. I, I can do that. Do a double down on me. Okay, so SendPro is uh, is a special, you know, I want to call it a platform, but it's mm. more than that. It's a lifestyle. Hmm. It's uh, it's a way of life. Hmm. It's uh, from Pitney Bowes. Pitney Bowes. And they make it really, really, really easy to send stuff. In fact, a lot of people know, I'm, I'll mention stamps.com. That's what people think of. When they think of like shipping stuff, shipping stuff online, how to optimize all that. But I'll tell you what, SendPro, they have three times the features for a third of the price. You can do things like print stamps from your computer, which is going to save you time. Three, 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 three times the three features, times. For, you say, for a third of the price. This is what I said. You're getting 9x value. So that's another way to look at it. Maybe I should say it like that. You, if you want, you could give that to them. They can run with it? 9x value. Pitney no Bose, special boom. equipment necessary. No mm-hmm. waiting in line at the post office. It lets you compare yeah. shipping rates and delivery times between USPS and all the other major carriers so you know when you're getting the best deal. You don't have to wonder anymore. You don't have to go to 20 different websites. You can print paid shipping labels for uh, USPS, UPS, 
and a bunch of other ones. And you can track all these shipments that you send from one, the same, in fact, easy to use interface. So you're not traveling to different sites that fail. Oh, well, I ship this one. I got to print out the thing. No, that's done. You're done with that. You don't need that. You're better than this. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to PB, like a peanut butter and jelly without the J, pb.com slash back to work. Going there supports the show. And when you sign up, here's what you're going to get. A special thing. Send Pro free for 90 days. You'll get a free 10-pound scale. And when your trial's over, you get Send Pro for only $5 a month from then on. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, stamps.com is $15.99 a month. This is $5 a month. Uh, again, pb.com slash back to work. And w- when I say a 10-pound scale, I just want to clarify this. The scale... They send you a scale that weighs 10 pounds. No, the scale does not weigh 10 pounds. It might. Okay. It might. Uh, but how would, you, how would you even know? Because you couldn't weigh it with itself. The 10-pound scale, oh. it weighs things up to 10 pounds. It weighs them uh, intransitively. <laughs> yes. Okay. We can it's like go growing with... a business. <laughs> Uh, so listen, P- P- did you say it's pb.com slash back to work? Is, is that the, uh, uniform resource that's uh, uh, identifier? Mm-hmm. That's a really good URL or URIs you like to say. Mm-hmm. So that's go. a really good deal. Nine X, nine X value, Dan. That's right. Free for 90 days. Scale that weighs 10 plus pounds and can mm-hmm. weigh things. $5 a month forever. P- PB. Mm. Thank you very much to Pitney Bowes Send Pro. For making this show possible. Yeah, Benjamin. That's that's a, that's a heck of a deal right <laughs> yeah, there. It's so good. Jim and Xmas. I know it. The English language is so weird. I mean, there's all kinds of examples of this, but you take a word like oversight. Mm-mm. I know there's lots of please, don't email me. I know that there's lots of words like this, but a word like oversight. Where oversight can mean something and then the opposite of that thing. Okay. So you get like, right, like you get an oversight committee and your job is to oversee things. The oversight committee sees over things, right? Right. But if they didn't, if they didn't correctly do something, that might be considered an oversight. Hmm. Did I just pop your mind grapes? Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. What's it called? Way Homer. Damon Lindelof. He was Damon. one half of Lost. Yeah. Is that J.J. Uh, Abrams the other half? No. no. Who is the other? No, it's, uh, I know this. Rob talked about this on the show back in the day. Carlton Cuse. Oh. Carl, Carl, Carlton. Hmm. Carlton. Remember that? Remember when Rob Cordry was on the program? You remember that? Sure, vaguely. Yeah, you were away. Rob Cordry. Yeah, Carlton Cuse was the other one who did Lost. Time Magazine listed him as one of the most uh, 100 most influential people in the world in 2010. I wonder how he determined something like that. But Damon Lindelof, he keeps mm-hmm. coming out with uh, with new stuff. He, yeah, does he produces the leftovers. a lot of content. Yep. Leftovers. That's a, that's a hell of a program. That Carrie Coons is having a hell of a year, isn't she? Carrie Coon, Carrie Coon. How do you say it? Is that? Um, that's, uh, you know, she's, far, she's Fargo. Oh, she's great. Yeah, she's good in Fargo. And she's also, uh, you know, the uh, she's also uh, Nora. Margaret Qualley. Nora from what? Oh, she's Nora from Lost. No, sorry, let me start over. She's Nora from The Leftovers. Oh, okay, I haven't seen that. She, no spoilers, but she's the one who's like famous for like being heavily affected by the event. Hmm. 
Oh, man. And then, she, then she gets with that handsome guy from uh, Parks and Rec, Justin Theroux. Okay. Yeah. Is he Justin the one that Thoreau's does lunges? Handsome, man. Why does he do lunges? No, no, that's Chris Traeger. He's okay. uh, well, he, when he gets depressed also. He gets he when he gets he's very neurotic and when he gets depressed. Like he's had a lot of the season we're watching rewatching right now, he's had a lot of problems with women and uh if he doesn't exercise all the time, he gets depressed. It's a really good show. Uh, bright and tight. Let's see. What do we got here? Uh, I want to mention something on a podcast this week that I, I think was really good. Our friend, uh, Brett Terpstra. Terpstra. Mm-hmm. Are you not doing, you don't do it I'm anymore. restraining it. I'm restraining oh, myself. Terpstra. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Uh, Brett Terpstra does a show called Systematic and I'm on there, you know, every year or two to visit with him. And I really like how that episode turned out. He's fun to talk to. That is in show notes. I mentioned this program. I mentioned it. Good. Well, thank you. I mean, any any time we can promote it, bring in the new the new listeners. We got to do. Please it. remember to like and subscribe. Um. Yeah. So I had that effective water. We've gotten so much feedback hmm. about CBD oil. Yes. And other uh, botanicals, and I have looked at many articles. I've watched several videos, and here are the two things that I can share with our audience. Based on the feedback we have received, I'm not a scientist, but based on the feedback we have received and the evidence therein too, here are the two things I know about CBD oil. Number one, CBD oil is probably the single greatest miracle drug of all time that has absolutely zero negative uh, possibilities or side effects. It can be taken at any dose and it fixes pretty much everything, including uh, tri- trigeminal face pain. Okay. The second thing I learned about CBD oil, it, it, it is the ultimate fake huckster quackery and everyone who sells it is evil ah. is the two pieces of follow-up as a trend right i've heard both of those in equal measure did you watch the trigeminal video i don't think so it's the lady uh the lady from uh, buzzfeed who has this horrible condition i think it's tn and you got to try trigeminal deal in your brain, which, uh, deals with the nerves in your face. And it is, they call it like the, I hate to say the word, but they call it like the suicide disease. Like people who get it, you you get the most crazy. Let's go, let's go learn about trigeminal. I don't know if I want to. That's one of those things. The less I know as a person like me, the less I know, the better. It's really, really bad and difficult to treat. And she's had tons of surgeries and like, there's only so much that you can do. And like, and so she's been trying some different, um, marijuana things. It was a very interesting video, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to have a thought on these things because even medicine doesn't really work, you know? Medicine works differently on different. I learned this from watching MSNBC. There are all kinds. Sometimes you take something for depression. You know what it causes depression. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that seems like the wrong way to, to treat something. You're saying that if you were, if you have, if a you have condition, depression, you don't want to give you something to make it worse. Okay, you get you got depression. You don't want to. I think that is a very reasonable POV. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any other thoughts on that? Uh, only, only that I think it's affordable enough for people to try it for themselves and make the decision if it's something that will work for them or does work for them. Yeah. You know, it, and, and that's the same thing I would say about somebody who wants to, uh, who wants to try and see if chocolate cake tastes good or if the paleo diet is right for them, or if they enjoy watching football, you've got to give it a try and you've got to see if it, if it suits you. And I think there's a lot of people who are 
they're very intimidated, and I, I don't blame them because there is a lot of uh, hucksterish stuff out there. But there are people who are concerned uh, about trying something unless it comes out of the Western medicine machine, even though, as you frequently point out, the things that come out from the Western medicine machine have side effects that are as bad or in some cases <laughs> even worse than the thing that you're trying to treat. But, you know, the there there are lots of things out there that if they're legal and you want to try them, that it's something that it might be worth trying. What I can say is, uh, in the CBD oil camp, for me and, and the experience, direct experience I've had and with other people that I know, it has been tremendously beneficial. And I, uh, I imagine it's the kind of thing that if you want to try it, you know, as it's, it's legal in all 50 states in America. So if, if you Is that live true? Here, I thought somebody from Florida said they couldn't get it. And, and I wrote him back privately and I said, uh, it, it's absolutely legal. Uh, it's legal in all 50 states and you can go to a local store and buy it uh, because my mom gets it locally and she lives in Florida and you can get it on the shelf in some places. So, well, there you go. Yeah, it's um, it's fine. It's not a secret hush hush kind of thing. Now, there are kinds that have higher THC and I think you're allowed to have 0.03% THC or less and it's legal if you go Is over that. Because that, that's the psychoactive part. Correct. That's the part mm-hmm. that makes you feel high. That's the part uh-huh. that, but the, so Which not everybody likes, no, not everybody likes. And, and apparently is not always necessary to get the benefits from it. So depending on where you live, if you live in a place like Colorado, you can get it with different, very different amounts of THC, you can get a one-to-one, one-to-three, whatever you you're looking for. But in the, most of the States where marijuana is, is not legal, CBD oil is. So, um, right, it's, right. it's not a like hush, hush thing. I got to order it from a secret website. No, it's, it's totally fine. And uh, it's something that, you know, if, if you're concerned about it, uh, don't try it or try it a little bit. There's also uh, this, I'm not going to make this about politics except tangentially, but there's also, there's a crisis of credibility these days. Maybe there's always been, you know, but there's this thing where it's, it's difficult to assess the credibility of information because so many people have so many very just basic arguments about things like what a fact is uh-huh. or what, what a credible source of information is. And I think you definitely see this in politics where, yeah, as they like to say, you're in like your bubble. Like you're following the stuff that makes sense to you, that comports with your own thoughts, feelings, um, history, whatever it is, tribal mm. kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So we definitely see that in politics and that's understandable. Yeah. But, but also, I mean, it's – how different is it from Goop or Fire Festival? <laughs> right. Or uh, Dr. Oz and his, you know, you put some grape, grape seeds on your taint or whatever. Wow. It's like, well, you know, I don't actually watch the show. See, again, now secondhand information. But like, you know, all there were like, you know, that your friend in Austin there with all of his powders, you mm-hmm. know, and it's it's like, you know, it's it's so difficult to assess that whether something is credible, how it's credible, even like setting aside uh, efficacy, there's certain kinds of things where you've got to like, if if it is a health thing, you got to do it for a while before it has any effect. Yeah. 
In fact, the first time you do it, it might really suck, you know, especially with things like exercise. If you don't know what you're doing, right. my daughter is suddenly very into ex exercise. I'll send you a, a great photo of her and her new active wear that she has. Great. She's very into this, uh, this iPad app where you do exercises. It's <laughs> called like the monster workout or something like that. Cool. Uh, it's really cute. Like a little alien takes you through a workout. Anyway, all, all I'm trying to say is like I am sympathetic to this problem because like anybody else, I I tend to be much more credulous about something. I find something more credulous if I'm if it's coming from somebody that I that I trust. Mm -hmm. But like in the end, like it's it's difficult to know whether stuff is going to work for you. And so I don't know. You know, it's kind of like letting people enjoy sports. I think you have to have a somewhat open mind about these things. Well, and that's hard. I mean, it, you know, we think we have an open mind until we're sort of challenged with what thing kind of things that we're okay with. That's a pretty terrific point. And uh, it's very true. I think we, most of us would like to believe that we are open-minded. Right. Um, but that has lots of different flavors and inflections to it. A lot of times I think, and I'm prepared to be wrong, at least in my head, is that uh, we're open to ideas that pretty much agree with what we think. <laughs> right. You know, that's what we're open to. We're not open to things that tear down the very foundation of our, you know, ontology or whatever. Yeah. Like it's the things, the things that the load bearing walls of our beliefs are there for a reason. And like when we're challenged by that kind of stuff, it's very natural to reject it. And then you get stuff like the backfire effect where like there's this like, I guess, pretty clear documented evidence that, you know, in certain cases, learning more quote unquote facts from other people just makes you dig in even further on what you believe. Right. And this, I always yeah. I think that's fascinating. It's fascinating that that when confronted with something that challenges a person's belief, their first reaction generally is to reject it. And I mean, I'm not saying like this, I'm somehow impervious to this. I think we all do it. I think we all do it. But it, I wonder why sometimes uh, we, we do that when something is going to be done a different way or we're provided with a circumstance where we might go in one direction and they're going to go in another. We're like, how, how could you do that? Yeah, but you know, I, I feel like a part of that, if I'm honest with myself, which I don't like to be, um, I, I think a, a huge part of that that almost anybody can own up to is... Uh, an abundance of caution, safety, self-preservation, right? So, you know, um, you, you don't, you don't want to do things that are harmful and you don't want to be a sucker. Right. And it's that second one that leads into the, the part that I, I think is more difficult to tease out, which is that, you know, one of the things we don't maybe think about as much as we can or should is like how important, how important our impression of ourselves is and what kind of person we think that we are. I think that's a that's a really big deal. N not just identity, not just how many followers you have on Facebook, like friends on Facebook, whatever it's called. But yeah. like you, um, I mean, we all derive this sense of the world based on like who we think we are and how we think we roll. And like, you know, it's, we can, there's a lot of things that we can pass off as like, you know, just for example, you know, you know, if you're, if you're rolling around in New York City for the first time, like, you know, the first time this is a terrible example. I can get to a better example than this. But like you're surrounded by a lot of stimulation that you've never gotten 
at scale before, whether that's homeless people, whether that's people who are clearly mentally not well, whether there's people who just jostle really hard. And it takes about 10 minutes of being in New York City to go into lockdown mode right, where you go like, right. I need to preserve myself. I need to put my wallet in my front pocket, even though Apollo Robbins says that doesn't actually help. But you're going to do all these things that you reckon are going to make you more safe and you make yourself hard and you make yourself um, what you would like to believe is impervious to all of the obvious things that could harm you. But like at the core of that is this, I don't want to be a sucker feeling. I think that's a huge part of it is I don't want to be duped. I don't want, I don't want to be fooled by fake news. I don't want to be sold some patent medicine that doesn't actually do anything, you know? And I, there's nothing, totally. I, mean, that, I mean, that has to be a big just, part it's just, of it. It's just, yeah. And I, this does feed into your Buddhism deal in a lot of ways that like one of the things that we hold most dear is our idea of who the, uh, who, who I am, who, who the we is, who the me is. And that's, there's nothing, this is purely an observation, but I think it's a kind of stimulating observation to start realizing how often you apply what you think of as rationality to something, given that you're mostly trying to protect your, your carapace shell. Carapace shell. That's a tortoise. It's carapace all the way down. Mm, not proud of that one. Mm. Luckily, this show will never come out. No, so anyway, never, proceed never. with caution. Your mileage may vary. No motorcycles after 3 p.m. <laughs> no skateboards uh, ever. No, well, yeah, right. Skateboards. Yeah. Yeah, I got mixed feelings. Did you skateboard? See, I'm trying to be big hearted about it. Hmm? What, did you skateboard? Yes. I knew it. I wasn't very good at it. I, pff, whatever. I was into hardcore. You had to skateboard. Or they, they throw you out. You can't sit around and listen to Black Flag if you're not riding a Could skateboard. Could you do the thing where you're, you are sliding down the handrail and then you do something where the board flips and then you land on it while it's flipping? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I could do all those. So then I could you're do really the, good. Do the ollie, the double ollie, the kick plate. I could do uh, the, the parking could you do mug. The, could you do the bunny hop? Yeah, sure. No, no. I could go straight down a slight incline for a minute. And and I can do the thing where you spin around a little bit, but like not these kids today. Woo! They go flying down my street and they do the sideways thing where they like go sideways and it slows them down and it's, woo! Woo! They don't wear helmets. You know Tony Hawk, right? Sure. Seriously. Big fan. Yeah, that guy. He, he nailed the 720. Was that him? What am I thinking of? 1600? Is that Pennsylvania Avenue? What did he do? I don't, I don't know. He did some kind of triple ollie, didn't he? <laughs> Yeah, it's a whole different world. Dan, uh, tell me about one more thing that you like. I can tell you about Zip Recruiter. Zip Recruiter. These guys make it really easy to find a really good candidate. And as you know, Merlin, I know that you've struggled with this yourself. It's so hard to find good help. It is fi- It is. It is uh, very hard to find good help. And the thing that you run into is there is all of these different job boards that are out there. They all work in a different way. It's in, it's insanity. It really mm-hmm. is insanity. And ZipRecruiter, they're different. They are uh, they're really. If you look behind the scenes, they have built a very powerful technology that helps find the right people for the job that you're trying to fill. They don't depend on candidates finding you or finding your post. It it finds them. In fact, over eighty percent of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in under twenty four hours. And then I don't know if. If anybody listening has ever tried to hire someone, that's that's kind of hard to believe, but it, it's comically it's fast. No juggling emails. You don't get calls to your office. You you screen, you rate, and you manage candidates all in one place with their easy to use dashboard 
And uh, if you're in the business of hiring somebody right about now, or you think you're gonna, you you gotta you gotta check in as a recruiter, find out why businesses of all sizes are using it. It is pretty cool, uh, and you're gonna get to try it for free. Go to ziprecruiter.com/backtowork. ZipRecruiter.com/backtowork, and you will get it for free. Go there and try it out. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful service, and uh, it'll help you find the right candidate and make it easy. ZipRecruiter, ZipRecruiter.com/backtowork. Puck, puck. Thanks, ZipRecruiter. Jeb Magruder. Jeb Jeb Bush. Jeb Magruder. Is that the guy's name? Wasn't he a uh, Watergate guy? Jeb Stuart Magruder. Jeb Magruder. Um, words that sound like other words. I have, I have a kind of topic uh, that I think will accommodate our Titan Bright episode today. Okay. It's a rambling, short rambler. All right. As I like to call it. And it's a moldy oldie, but I think it's, it's something worth bringing up. For some reason, people keep asking me about this and, uh, I thought I've been thinking about it and I don't as usual have an answer, but I thought we could talk about it. I would love that. That'd be excellent. How's that for a setup? It's a perfect setup if I've ever heard one. All right, and this is going to be this is going to be a free flowing, aired out conversation where we just try to figure this out, like gentlemen. Uh, for some reason, three times in the last week, twice on Twitter, once an email, uh, people have asked me what apps I am using for task management, which is exactly the kind of thing you ask a Merlin man on the internet. That's a totally understandable yeah, thing. Yeah, of course. There's there's a whole family of questions around this, like. Uh, What's your what's your latest setup? Like, what are you what are you using? What did you stop using? What are you paying for? What do you recommend? Mm, every, whole, they want all the details. They want to know everything. Well, it's just like you know when you post something on your phone and they go like, "What app is that?" And you're like, "It's the app with the thing I wanted you to read." Is it the app that it is? Oh, don't look at my cat. Just just read this. Right. But no. But I, you know what? And so I want I wanted to address that kind of. But rather than me talking about what I use and why, although that will come up and I imagine it will come up for you, I just wanted to take a big moldy oldie step back and talk about like why that is a question that we ask each other and ways to approach answering why that question would need to be answered apart from pure curiosity. Does that make sense? Yes. It doesn't really make sense, but it kind of makes sense. No, it makes sense. Well, for this show, it makes sense. Well, yeah. And so when I get that question, which I get periodically, I think... Like I say, I think one of those th- could be like, are you still using OmniFocus? You talk a lot about task paper, all these kinds of things. And so you, you stop me if this gets too boring. But I, I I, wanted to talk about that because I think the question, I think the question is worth updating a little bit based on where we are in the world today, combined with the, as I say, the moldy aspects of like, well, okay, so why are you doing this at all? Like, why, why is this a, a challenge of any kind apart from just pure curiosity? And I mean, the short answer for me is I still do a lot of stuff in OmniFocus on the various platforms. I do use and love TaskPaper, which is a text-based format that has apps on different platforms, but it's essentially just a very simple, it's it's a very simple format for just doing like a to-do list. Right. I sometimes still write stuff down on paper, but I'm also increasingly interested in how I can use the evolving ecosystem of devices and services to minimize how much of that stuff I have to use or have to think about. All right. And uh, that's, that's, so that's, this is, I'm kind of done with the setup. That's what I want to talk about. Okay. I like that. Let's, I say yes. Okay. So, 
what do you use for these kinds of things? You know, I am still operating Trello. In, Trello in in the the Trello world. That for me is still, and the reason that I like it is, it's not about syncing. It's that it's an online service. It's that any time that you want to use it, you have an app for it. Uh, you can use the apps offline. It handles, you know, sending them up and That's uh, cool. and and you know, you can do it in a web browser, any web browser. You can be anywhere that you want to do it and, and do it. And for me, that makes it super simple. There's all the collaboration features built in. You can invite people. You, they can get in and move stuff around. Yeah, I mean, there. I'm not going to say it's perfect. It's not. And it takes a little bit more. You know, some applications will walk you through how to use them and make it clear how to do it. Trello is a bit more open-ended and you've got to, I guess the the only negative that I have is you would need to implement your own system and make sure that you follow your own rules as far as how you use it. It's not a mm-hmm. predefined thing that it only works one or two ways. It can work anyway. And so that might be a little too open-ended for people who don't already have a a system or methodology, especially if you're bringing other people into that fold with you and you're mm-hmm. saying, okay, collaborate on this project with me use this with me. And by the way, let me take five minutes and explain to you what, how this works and what we do. And as long as you're willing to put in that little bit of extra time, it, it turns out to be a really wonderful tool. It has a little comments and little conversation aspect. You can attach images and upload files and other things. It, it's just been a great tool for, for me. I'm, I'm still sticking with it. And I mean, I still do fall back on just doing stuff locally for myself in just in TextMate, just typing little lists and things like that. Um, yep, 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 yep. Not, I'm that's not that's very that. similar to similar to how I use task paper. Yeah. Well, okay. With the time that we've got, I think there's there's two there's two angles to this. The one is and they're kind of sort of unrelated, but related. Uh, one angle I think is um, how do you decide what your effing problem is. Like, how do you, how do you start out by going like, well, what is not working the way that I would like, or what's making me unhappy or what is not getting done. And then the second part is I do want to talk a little bit about what I see as a, a kind of shift, not a, not a full shift, everybody relax, but like definitely, um, a gradual change, at least in the way I work from what I'm going to generally call apps to what I will generally call services. And, and talk about what that means and why I think that feels a little like the future. Cool. I like that. So, you know, as much as, you know, I've kind of put a lot of the productivity porn stuff behind me, but I still think this is an interesting question. It's like, okay, so here's the basic idea. The basic ideas are stuff that you've got to do. Like, how does that go from something that just occurred to me to something that's finished? And if you take the big giant back to work step back and look at that big picture, there's actually a whole lot of moving parts to that. This is not as simple as which app for iOS is the best task tracker. That is a very narrow minded way to look at this that will rob you a lot of the most interesting and useful parts of working your way through this process. So I would start by saying like, well, do you feel like there's anything wrong with what you're doing right now? Which might be nothing. Is there anything wrong with doing nothing? Is there anything wrong with jotting things down on an index card or a piece of paper? Maybe you still like remember the milk. Like what is the itch you feel like you have to scratch? And that requires some troubleshooting that is not about apps. It has a lot to do with things like, like what are you missing? What are you dropping? Is stuff not getting done? Is stuff not getting done on time? Is stuff getting lost in the lights because there's, uh, as they say in the basis ball, like there's so many things that you have to do. Or, I mean, let's go all the way up to the, to the stack where you get to like, well, 
there's stuff I know I need to do, but I'm not sure where to put it. I'm not sure how to, as David Allen says, I'm not sure how or where or when to capture that. So, I mean, if you're feeling an itch about whatever your little system is for tasks or really whatever, but especially for tasks, ask yourself what's bugging you right now. And when you do that, what that looks like is where are you feeling frustration, anxiety, friction, anger, Mm. disappointment? Like what is the problem? Is it that you're not getting enough raw tonnage of stuff done? I don't know if that's necessarily a task management app problem. You know, that could be that the way that you're using that is you're not you're not being legit with yourself about what you're actually going to accomplish. I mean, I think a huge one is that I still I know there's still stuff I should be putting somewhere, but I don't know where, mm-hmm. which is, you know, kind of the capture problem. But, you know, of course, I would I would find a way to turn this into a way of yelling at people. But like if you're not getting stuff accomplished, it may not be because you need a different alarm app. It may be that you need different motivation or you need something that's drastically simpler than what you're using. But you need to really look at that whole big picture about what the bee in your bonnet is because it's difficult to go out and pick an app on the app store or whatever um, if you don't understand what it is that you're trying to accomplish and what your barriers have been up until now. So So, one of the things that this brings to mind for me well, okay. Um, actually, please continue. I'll. I think you're going to get. No, to I it. was actually I was throwing to you. I just the silence makes me uncomfortable. Well, you know, I think trying to identify that problem when when you start there. I remember there was a talk that um, Tina Roth Eisenberg, who is uh, Swiss Miss. Oh, I like her. She gave a talk at South by Southwest uh, a few years ago, where she was actually talking about it in the context of trying to trying to hire someone trying to determine, first of all, if you need to hire someone, but second of all, if uh, what, what kind of person you would hire and what their job would be. And what she recommended doing was, as you go through your day, write down all the different things that you're doing, whether, you know, as far as they can be organized into tasks, and put next to them a little face that represents how you feel about the task, a happy face, a hmm. straight mouth face, a frowny face. And decide if those are things that you like doing. So at the end of the day, you know, look at the things that had the smiley faces. Well, those are the things you should keep doing. And anything that wasn't a smiley face and certainly anything that was a frowny face, that would be something that you should offload to the person that you're hiring. Because, you know, like for me, I would put the frowny face next to anything that has to do with invoicing or accounting or any of those things. Mm-hmm. And that, that there is a person out there who they, they're sitting there and they can't wait to do the accounting work that's a frowny face for you. That's their happy face. So, you know, when when you talk about identifying the, the things that are that you need a system for, that you need to kind of put into that box of, I need to use something here and do this, uh, that you started out talking about, I think that's one of the ways to kind of identify it because I often find it, I if someone asks me like, okay, I, I understand like you you do this stuff for your job, but like describe what you do. It would actually be kind of hard for me to describe it. And I, I've never gone through this process of writing the things that I do down to really see. And, and I think that'll also open a little bit of a window or shed a little bit of light on, uh, on, on how you're spending your time. And I'm sure there are apps that would do this as well. But that only takes care of what you're doing on the computer at that moment. But it's really, I but think, it could all, be, that could all, that could all also be a terrible distraction. 
If you don't understand what you're, well, no, I just mean in the sense that like, if you're not acknowledging, if you're not realizing and acknowledging that there could be a problem with your motivation and focus, there's no app that's going to fix that. Right. I mean, I know that's an old bit, but that's, that's really true. And you know, Dan's never going to develop more smiley faces about invoicing by getting a different app. Right. That takes a different level of thinking about the problem that you're trying to solve. And that's why, you know, I'm always, always with the uh, higher level stuff. Cause I, I think it does make a difference. And you know, there's, there's this thing that we've all encountered and arguably or the reason a show like ours exists is the struggle of, for example, getting so lost in how you organize and taxonomize that you're actually doing less stuff than you'd like to be doing, accomplishing, finishing stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, there's this part of me that thinks, you know, before you go spend even 10 minutes looking at different apps and trying them out and loading them up and doing all that stuff, I'm, I'm going to, this is, this is real, real simple stuff. Uh, I would challenge people to try this for a day to the extent possible which is get a sheet of paper and every line on there. And I've done this a lot, you know, with the kind of morning journaling thing that I do, but like start your day by writing down the stuff on a, like a to-do list type thing on a physical piece of paper. Cause I think this has benefits. One of them is if you get a, a big ass piece of printer paper and write it like a normal human size. I it's, if you fill up more than one page of that in two columns, like, wow, you got a problem that yeah. apps are not going to be able to fix. Right. But if you write down, like I need to, I need to, I need to get these groceries. I need to do pickup today. I need to record with Dan. I need to prep for a thing with Dan. It doesn't have to be in chronological order, but you write each of those things down. Sure. You could give it a face. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'll tell you, um, if you need a really bracing way to get pulled way back down to reality, try doing that. Cause here's a nice thing. First of all, yes. Now you do get the benefit of crossing it off like a nice single, straight horizontal line through an item, you just finished a thing. I'll say a dirty little secret a lot of us do is sometimes I'll put something on a list that I've already done just so I can cross it off. Like uh, that's a reward for me. Like right. I took out the cat litter. I'm going to write that down and I'm going to exit out. And then at the end of the day, you know, if you were really working that particular dumb system, like this, you shouldn't need to do this for more than a day or two before patterns start to emerge. Is there a bunch of stuff at the end of the day that's not done? Well, let's go the other way. Is there more done than you expected? Well, that's really good. Like you're on the right path. Now you are allowed to level up to thinking about things like organization. But like don't don't go and like create like a 90-page Wikipedia site about what you need to do today. Just write down tasks. Like like, you know, again, to to cop from David Allen, like write things down as like a physical task. Like what are the physical things you have to do today even if it's making a phone call? But just as a thought experiment, I think that's really valuable because where you are at the end of the day, if you choose to go back and look at that, can tell you a lot. So, like I say, if you've if you've crossed off a lot of things, well then it might be valuable to ask yourself, were these valuable things that I did today? Were these like or like, you know, however you choose to define it. Did I use my time well today? Like, you know, was this exercise, does this exercise tell me anything about maybe I'm doing better than I expected? Because if we don't write down everything that we do, and I'm not saying you should, but if you don't write down, if you leave off the stuff that's already done, you may not remember what you've done. You could walk around in a real fog of confusion saying, I didn't get this one thing to done, done today. Yeah, but if you got 60 other things done, that's a pretty good day. And that piece of paper will tell that story. And then, you know, conversely, if you've got a bunch of stuff on there and it's not crossed off, well, don't be don't be mad at yourself, but now ask yourself, like, I wrote that down. Is that a thing that I'm going to do today? No. Is that a thing I'm going to do tomorrow? Probably not. Is that a thing that I'm going to do? Right, ever. 
Okay. So like having an app that lets you store 60 things that you're not going to do is not a good app. That's, that's a closet. That's an archive. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a, that's a mood board. That's a crazy wall. Like that is not going to be helpful to you. But I'm not saying to do this forever, but that can be a really bracing way to go look at everything that's on your plate and get a pretty good idea. And then really resist whatever you choose to do next after that. Resist the urge to over-taxonomize. Whether that's a GTD thing of feeling like you have to have a separate project for everything, have a different context for everything. If that works for you, do it. But first, make sure that that works for you. I would, as I sit here today, I believe that for most of what the kinds of things that I need to do, one big-ass long list actually works surprisingly well. I agree. Now, if you, if you want to do that in TextMate, you want to do that in NVL, you want to do that in Apple Notes, like that's all That's all fine, but don't lose track of, of what you're trying to actually accomplish in all of that. This is really old advice, but I think it's, I think it's valuable to rehear. Don't get mad at the system. Get curious about what you're doing poorly. I like that. What you're that's doing pretty good. That's really that's good. good. I got one more piece about this, but did you want to tell me about uh, one more thing that you like? The last thing I'll tell you about is actually something that you like. It mm. is uh, PDF Pen 9. Ooh, smile. Smile makes great stuff. Let's just start with that. They Stare make it out. great stuff. Mm-hmm. And they have made PDF Pen 9. It's new. And it is the ultimate tool for editing PDFs and going paperless. That is what they're all about. They have over 100 enhancements built into uh, PDF Pen 9 that'll improve your PDF editing workflow, including they have this cool enhanced sidebar which shows annotations. It's an annotations view. Wonderful for jumping around through there. You get tons more export options. That's what everyone What if I want to export it as this? Yes, you can. What about this one? Yes. What about this format? Sure. What about this other one? Yes. They've got a hand tool now, so you can pan and zoom with a little. Who doesn't want a hand tool? I'd love a hand tool. They let you link to other local PDF files from within one. Super handy if you're sending something. And oh, by the way, you can learn more about this in page 18 of this guide. Boom. Opens up the other one. Uh, They have this feature called find and highlight, which uh, can bring like your attention to all appearances of a term. So if you're looking for a specific term as it appears, let's say you're signing, you know, Merlin loves to, to send out NDAs. Maybe you want to mm-hmm. search for Merlin's NDA and you want to find a certain, you know, you're not, term you're not supposed it. to even talk about that. That's one of the terms. Well, I've failed. All right. Line numbering. Check your which email. Is awesome for legal documents. It even support, uh, supports forms and you can include calculations in the forms. All of this stuff. That's uh, magic. It'll detect form fields for you where there are no form fields. It's magic. And uh, I would say maybe finally uh, mm-hmm. OCR for, I mean, they've always had OCR. Let's be honest about that. Mm-hmm. But OCR for, for Chinese, they got it for Japanese, and even Korean now. So you can learn more about this, smilesoftware.com slash B2W. That's where to go to learn about it. Go check it out. It's a wonderful tool. Thanks very much to Smile for making this broadcast a possibility. Thank you, Smile. Buck buck. The last piece is pretty nebulous, but I, I think it's I think it's super interesting. Um, in my own uh, journey, yeah, journey, yeah, in my own journey to uh, whatever you want to call it, like in trying to figure this stuff out, uh, I'm very interested in how the world of our devices and technologies can afford a lot of this. Mm. Let's let's do let's do a quick uh, flashback. You go back to 
what, let's say 2000, let's say the glory days of uh, the 43 folders era. You go back to 2005. Okay. You had a computer that you went to to do stuff. Right. You very rarely had two computers. If you had another device, it was a flip phone or an iPod. But you did all your stuff on your computer. That's where you needed to be. Right. So for me, that's where something like the Hipster PDA came in handy, being a pile of index cards and a binder clip. You write stuff down. Then you put it into the dingus when you get to the dingus. But we're in a pretty different world now. We've been in a pretty different world for eight, 10 years now, which is now we have computers in our pocket that can do stuff. That has led to a, an ecosystem of apps and services. So now, for example, with OmniFocus, not a sponsor this week, um, with OmniFocus or similar, you can go and enter that on your phone and it gets synced up in all of the places. You're not just on your computer anymore. But get ready, take a drink. Uh, with devices that hear our voice, we are into a whole new area of what we can do with this stuff. When we get devices that can hear our voice to add something to a list, to create an alarm, to create a reminder, or to just store a piece of information somewhere out of the way, I think we're into a very, very interesting new world. Because it used to be that it was all about the device. And after the device, it became all about the app on all, all of the devices. Right. And now the other, the new layer in that stack that we are all still getting our head around is like, okay, well, what happens when I can talk into my phone or talk into my lady in a tube or talk into my whatever and have that go somewhere for a purpose? And I, I have to tell you, I have found that to be a very interesting change. It has changed a lot about what I, what I do and how I do it. I mean, there was a time when on iOS, you were always looking for the best uh, grocery shopping app, right? I mean, yeah. remember how hot it was yeah. to like have a cool, yes. and then some of them would like pull in brand names, like food tracker type things, like where, you know, you could have all the right brand names and that was really great. And, you know, oh, you get the revolution of being able to share this list with your family. Like that was a, that was a pretty big deal and a very popular kind of app that you could sell for money. Well, today... Uh, there's the one part, which is that I can talk into a dingus and have it go onto a list. But then also, guess what? I can just buy stuff from my phone, whether that's, that's an Instacart delivery or an Amazon order or right. whatever. Right. Like now, why would you have the extra step of putting it on a list if you can do it right in the right place there. where you it's, need? That's genius. Yeah. Like rather than writing down that you have to pay a parking ticket, why don't you go log in and pay the parking ticket? Like if you've got the time. Right. I think that's, that's a pretty big change that... If you, it sounds obvious, but like really unclench your head about that. Like you're not just mostly, you're not on one computer anymore. You're like in lots of places doing stuff. Right. And there are all kinds of little tentacles that want to reach out and take your thoughts and put them somewhere. And I just, I wanted to just throw that out for people to think about is that as you're thinking about whatever you're using, I'm not saying you have to go all in on any ecosystem, but I am saying that if you are tearing down all of those load-bearing walls of however you handle tasks, account for the fact that we're going places with this stuff and make sure it accommodates that. So there are ways, for example, that when I talk into my, this, this sounds really tortured, but it's not. I talk into my lady in a tube. I add something to a list. Um, if ta, ta ta adds that to my reminders list, and my reminders list then gets gobbled up by OmniFocus. So essentially, I'm using, I'm not even using Siri, I'm using Lady in a Tube, and that gets onto the list. There's all kinds of ways to send things from here to there. Think also about if you're one of the idiots like me who's on iOS 11 beta. Like, I'm telling you, man, the way that you use your devices may change pretty drastically in the next few months. So just be open to that. 
be op- but it still comes down to that basic idea we started with the oldie, the moldy oldie, which is like understand what problem you're trying to solve and understand what's frustrating or annoying or unproductive about what you're doing now. 5954. Man, alive. All right, let's button this up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love you. I love you too, Merlin, man. <laughs>